This morning is Vision Sunday. Amen. Uh, turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. That may be back there where your pages are stuck together. But let's go ahead and, and look. If you just go to the end of the Old Testament, anybody know where Malachi is? You know where Matthew is? Well, just go to the, go to Matthew, the beginning of Matthew and start backing up. And you'll see Malachi. Just keep backing up. You'll see Zechariah. Just keep backing up. Keep backing up. And then guess what you'll see? Haggai. That's not where we're going. Then Zephaniah. Then Habakkuk. Now, uh, if you're visiting for the first time with us this morning, uh, this is not going to be a normal service. Uh, this won't be the kind of thing we usually do because we're sharing with the church family the vision for the church. And like we said, this is just just three months since we started. Uh, when we looked at this property, uh, Phyllis and some of the people that were uh, uh, the, some of the representatives of the owners, and they said, well, how many, how large is your congregation? Yeah. And we said, well... Uh, Right now, nobody, zero. And they may have wondered about us, but uh, the Lord's been faithful, amen? Amen. And in three months' time, we're growing quickly, and we're going to grow quickly. But for three months, we've been getting to know each other. You've been getting to know us a little bit. We've been getting to know you a little bit. And I have prayed much about this and sought the Lord and waited on the Lord quite a bit about this. And I've gotten... A couple of main things that I need to share with you this morning. And so I'd I'd appreciate it if you'd take these things to heart uh, sincerely. Because if I did get them from the Lord, then uh, it's His and not mine. And you need to judge that for yourself. In Habakkuk, the second chapter and the second verse, Habakkuk 2.2 the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. And I've written some things down. And make it plain. It shouldn't be confusing. It should be simple. Plain upon tables. That's what they wrote on in that day. That he may run that reads it. So this goes the way it's supposed to this morning. There's going to be some running afterwards. <laughs> and I'm talking about running with the vision. If you get excited and want to run the aisle, well, you can do that too. But, but running with the vision. Now, he goes on just a couple of verses later. In verse 4, he said, His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just is going to live how? By his faith. So have you ever noticed that everything that the Lord deals with you to do, it takes faith to do it? And faith is the substance of things Hoped for the evidence of things not seen. If you can see how to do it, it's not faith. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about in the natural, in the spirit, in your heart, you believe something and you believe it'll be. But you you won't know how. You won't be able to see how outside, where's the money going to come from? Who's going to do it? How's this going to be done? Uh, When you walk in by faith, you don't have all those answers. But when you've heard from the Lord and you step out, He will give you the answers as you need them. 
And he'll show you how. And when you're following him, it surprises you again and again as to how he did it and how it worked out and, and who he used. When you're following God, never can you just look and say, yeah, I knew all that. I knew exactly how it was going to happen. Yeah, no, no, no. You, know, you might have known a little bit, but you don't know the whole story. God gets the glory by keeping some of those things to himself. Now, two things I'm going to share with you this morning. One is what kind of church this is going to be. Faith Life Church. How it's going to operate and what kind of church it's going to be. And then, and then secondly, we're going to talk about the property, uh, the status of it, what we've done financially, and what remains to be done, and how we're going to do that. Uh, first of all, how many think that you should have a church? Everybody should have a church. And we, everybody should go to church. Uh, some people, you know, have thought differently. And, and you hear people sometimes say, well, now, I just believe I can stay at home and read my Bible and pray and watch preachers on TV and be just as good a Christian as you or anybody else. Well, to to say that is to ignore plain scripture. You know, the scripture says, in among other places, in the book of Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, but in Hebrews 10, he said, let us consider how we may spur one another on. How many know we need some interaction? I need to stir you up. You need to stir me up. I need to see that you're, you know, you're, you're doing things in faith that maybe I need to be doing or. Or vice versa. He said, spur one another on toward love and good deeds and let us not give up meeting together. As the habit of some is. Even in that day, a lot of folk were laying out not going to church. (laughs) But he said, don't do that. He said, you need to meet together and encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, thank God for tapes. Thank God for TV. But you know that doesn't replace being there. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's just, just, thank God for it. But it's not the same. And so we're supposed to have church. We're supposed to meet together. And the Lord has given ministry gifts. He's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to the church. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why. The Lord has ordained that there be a church and some of the things it's supposed to do. Now, in the book of Acts, in the very beginning, they started out with 120 people. You remember that? 120 in the upper room. And uh, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached and and was it 3,000? They got saved. And then not long after that, there was uh, the, the healing, you know, of the man at the, the gate, beautiful, and, and 5,000 more got saved. Well, here in just, I mean, by chapter 4 or 5, not very much time had, it, had, had passed, they've already got 8,120 members. That's a big church, isn't it? Now, the Lord didn't give us this place uh, just for 50 people. Nothing wrong with 50 people, church. 
But I'm talking about what he's doing with us right here. And so how many would uh, would suppose and assume that the Lord wants this place full? Yes. Hmm? Yes. I mean, be just it wouldn't take any more time for me to preach to a house full than a half full. Right? And you watch it. It won't be long. This place will be full. Amen. Amen. And then we'll go to two services on Sunday. Not that I especially want to, but that's what we're supposed to do. I've already got it planned. I've already thought about it, prayed about it. We'll have an 8 o'clock and we'll have a 1030. Amen. You might say, well, Brother Key, looks like you got plenty of room this morning. Well, I know it. We had a lot more room than this three months ago. (laughs) And now listen to me. We don't want to pull any people from any other church. Do you understand there's enough people, hundreds of thousands of people within driving distance of this place? From up Springfield and Harrison. I mean scores and scores of thousands of people not going to church anywhere, not saved, right? I mean, we don't, you know, and and I don't want anybody except the ones that are supposed to be here. That's That's it. I mean, we're we're not the whole body of Christ. We can't do the whole job. But there's something that we're supposed to do. And there are people that are supposed to be hooked up here. So... In the book of Acts, not long after they had started, they began to have problems. Do you remember that? They got, I mean, it it wouldn't be a stretch at all. The Bible said the church was being added to daily, such as should be saved. So there's no stretch at all to say that they got a a 10, 15, 20,000 member church. How do you take care of that many people? What do you do? Now, some you know, you know some people today will tell you, well, that you, that ain't even right. You can't you can't know everybody. That's the way it was in the beginning. That is the New Testament example. So watch what you knock. Right? Don't knock big churches and don't knock little churches. Don't don't knock churches. Right? But in the sixth chapter, you know it. The Bible said there was a a problem that some of the widows were not being taken care of uh, in the daily ministrations. And so I want you to turn there and look real quickly in Acts, the sixth chapter, and see one of the first things that they had to do. Acts chapter six, are you there? In verse 1, in those days when the number of the disciples was what? So the church was growing. Amen. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Somebody was griping and complaining. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. And the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and they said, what did they say? It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Uh, NIV says it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God. 
in order to wait on tables. So they told them to choose out uh, these men that they could appoint over this. And in verse 4, we will give ourselves continually to counseling and visitation. Huh? These are, these are the pastors and the leaders of the church. What they say? We will give ourselves continually to what? Prayer. Counseling and visitation. That's what pastors are supposed to do, right? <laughs> counseling and visitation. Hmm? Now, what if the twelve tried to personally counsel and visit these 20,000 people. Let me, uh, let me give you an illustration real quickly. How many think it'd be all right if a man, you know, he's, he works hard at his job. It's this time, it's this time of year. And he comes in after a long time. He put in 12 hours at the job that day. And he comes in and the grass hadn't been cut. So he goes and gets the lawnmower and goes out and cuts the grass. And he's got a big old strapping 13-year-old boy laying up in the living room on the couch eating snacks and watching TV while he cuts the grass. How many think that is okay? It is not okay. I said it is not okay. In fact, he's being a poor father. If he does that and if he lets that go. Because he's teaching that boy lack of responsibility. He's teaching that boy to dishonor his father. Did you hear me? Absolutely is not okay. We live in a generation that has lost some things. And it's my responsibility... As, as the leader, and if you want to call it daddy, of this church under the, the head shepherd, to lead and to handle the older children and the younger children. In a big family, mama and daddy cannot take care of all the kids. What if mama and daddy had 20 kids? Hmm? What has to happen in a family like that? The older ones have to help take care of the younger ones. Now, they knew this years ago, and they practiced this. But because some things have changed, people have gotten away from even thinking like this. And there has been a grievous error that has paralyzed the church, has stifled its growth, and it is this mentality that the pastors are supposed to do all the ministry. And the rest of the people come in and enjoy the services and go. And there's an entertainment mentality with the church. People come to church like they're going to a concert. Or like they're going to a movie. And they feel like, well, hey, if I went to the trouble to get up and get ready and come, especially if I put some money in the offering, well, I did my deal. Wrong. I said wrong. Not so. I want you to, to read with me, if you would, in Ephesians. Everybody still happy? Yeah. 
Ephesians 4. Why are we supposed to have a church? What's the church supposed to do? First and foremost, the church is supposed to be a family. You've heard this from me before. You're going to keep hearing it again and again and again. You're not going to stop hearing it. We are supposed to be a family. We're not supposed to operate just like a business. We're not supposed to operate just like an organization. We are a family. Amen? We're not the family of God. We are to be one of the families that make up the family of God. Amen? But we're to operate exactly like a good, godly family is supposed to operate. In fact, a church is made up of families. Amen. And if your marriage doesn't prosper, the church doesn't prosper. If your family doesn't prosper, the church doesn't prosper. If your business doesn't prosper, the church doesn't prosper. They're directly connected. Right? So first and foremost, our objective is to be a family and to keep the New Testament commandment, which Jesus said in John, he commanded us to love each other as he loves us. That's not talking about loving the lost. We are to love the lost. We are to reach out to the lost. But that's specifically speaking, that's not the commandment. What is the commandment? Love each other. Who is that? Your fellow Christian. And he said, by this, by us loving each other, all men would know that we're his disciples. People say, well, you know, I think the first thing is to reach the lost. Well, you need to look again. Okay. You reach somebody, you pray with them in the street, then what? Do you know how many people pray the prayer and then just slip back into their lifestyle and never go on with God? Not only that, people should want to be like you. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Amen. When they see that you have victory in your body, victory in your mind, victory in your marriage, peace in your home, blessings in your life, they're going to want what you have. Amen. And then not only can you share the prayer with them, but you can also disciple them. And that is not just the pastor's job. Right? Now, don't... Well, let me, let me read this first, and then, then I'll say this. How many believe in with me this morning? Are you hooked with me? I have a job to do this morning. You're with me, right? Ephesians and the fourth chapter, verse 11. Jesus gave gifts, God gave gifts unto men. In verse 11, he said, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And why did he give them? For continuous counseling and visitation. Huh? But isn't that the mentality that most people have? 
that that's the pastor's job, right? Well, what's the church member's job? Go to church. And that's it? Yeah. Go to church. (laughs) Wrong. It never was that way. It's not this way today in the Bible. He gave these for what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now listen to that in the NIV. It it brings it out even more. It says, he gave these gifts, like pastor, etc., to prepare God's people for works of service. What's our job? Our job is to train you, as God helps us, to minister to each other, to help each other. Amen. A church should be a place full of people ready to pray, ready to believe, ready to encourage, ready to comfort. Mark 16, these signs shall follow the preachers. Hmm? No, these signs will follow them that believers. Believers. Let me keep reading. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. I mean, could, can you see this? You know, when Jesus... Disciples told him that the crowds were hungry and didn't have enough to eat and needed to send them away. And, you know, basically they're saying, you need to do something about this. He looked at them and he said, you give them something to eat. They thought, where, where are we going to get it? He said, what do you have? They said, well, we found a few loaves and a few fish. He said, bring them here. He lifted them up. You remember it? Gave thanks for it. seemed so insignificant compared to the need. But he prayed over it and he blessed it. Then what did he do? He broke it and he gave it to one of them. And then what did they do? Huh? Everybody with me now? What did they do? They took it and they broke it and they passed it to somebody else. And then what did they do? They broke it and they passed it to somebody. Then what did they do? And thousands of people had their needs met. Did Jesus minister to all those people individually? Did his 12 minister to all those people individually? No, couldn't do it. Are you getting the picture? This is how it's supposed to operate. The, the, the average church member, the, the person that, that comes and attends church has not seen their responsibility. People have thought, well, I, I go to church and I'm a Christian and that's it. No, just because you go to church, that does not make you a Christian. Just because you're a believer, that does not make you a disciple, a follower of his. What is a Christian? A Christian is someone who is following what the Lord did. Amen. Doing what he did. Can you see? What if the whole church, just a church this size, what if a church, everybody was when coming to church thinking, I'm coming this morning to get prepared for works of service, to get things that I can use, not just to meet my needs, but everything that God gives me is ultimately to give away to somebody else. Amen. Amen. 
and that I will have something to share with somebody. And when somebody has a need, you don't just call the preacher. You're ready. I said, you're ready. You're ready to pray. You're ready to lay hands. You're ready to sit down and share the word with somebody. You're ready to comfort and love and help and encourage. You're ready. Amen. 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 Only then will you have a living church the way it's supposed to be. There's no way Phyllis and I and our staff could take the responsibility for everything that's going to be going on here. There's no way. The Lord's already dealt with me. He's not released me from traveling. I don't know if you know it, but man, I have been in and out, in and out, in and out. I've been to Ohio, and I've been to New Jersey, and I've been to Mississippi, and I've been to Oklahoma, and I've been here and there. And I'm looking at it thinking, well, now, Lord, should I just stay here and not do it? And the Lord's dealing with me, no, I haven't released you from all of that. We're going to temper it. But how many would, if the Lord could use me to make a deposit in another church that would help them, and he's dealing with me to do it, should I do it or not? Yes, I should. But that means that the kids at home are going to have to pull their weight. And when daddy comes home, I ain't cutting the grass. (laughs) You with me? You do understand we have masses of people who are doing nothing. Nothing. Except coming to church once in a while. And when they do, when they walk in the doors, they look like, da-da, I'm here. (laughs) I tell you, I know I ain't been in three months, but I'm here. I told you I'd come. Ain't y'all glad? Ain't y'all blessed? I'm here. You're supposed to be here all the time and you're supposed to be working. And it ain't just to do something for me. It's to do something for your Savior. The one you call Lord. He told you, not just me, he told you to take up your cross and follow him. He told you to be willing to lay down your life. And I'm telling you, being a Christian is going to mess with your lifestyle. You cannot just go to work and come home and play golf and do needlepoint. You're going to have to obey him to be a real Christian. Amen. You're going to have to spend time with other people. You're going to have to make investments into people's lives. I mean, you, you do, in this uh, atmosphere, in this day and age, a whole lot of people won't spend time with their kids. Much less anybody else. I mean, we have selfishness rampant. Well, I have to have my time. Yeah, and you hold on to your life and you will lose it. But if you lose it for his sake and you lay it down for your brother's sake... You will find it. And you will be happier than you've ever been. You will be more satisfied and more fulfilled than you ever dreamed possible. When you live to give. I mean, you think making a a good golf game is fun. You think catching a big fish is fun. You think doing your hobby is fun. Let me tell you what's fun. Seeing God used you to meet somebody's need. To help them get out of depression. To help them get their body. That is more fun than anything else you will ever do. It satisfies you deeper inside than anything else can. And you'll find that when you do get to go fishing, you'll enjoy that more too. But that's not first. That's not first. Helping people is first. 
The only thing that's really important in this whole world and your whole life are people. That's it. Things are only significant as they affect and help people. People are really all that matters. All. And if you go day after day and week after week and month after month and do not help someone, then you are wasting your life. And you don't have years to waste. It's short. If you live to be over 100, it's nothing. It's a vapor. It's here. It's gone. And when it's all over, the only thing that matters when you stand before the Lord is did you help somebody? Can you see that if everybody is trained for works of service, he said the body of Christ will be built up? We will all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. We'll become mature. We'll attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We won't any longer be infants tossed to and fro by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. We'll speak the truth in love. We'll grow up into Him who is the head. And from Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, listen, as each part does its work. Is this the plan of God? Think about this. Jesus is the head, we are the body. The... the, Direction and the oxygen and the nutrition that comes to the hand, does it come directly from the head? It does not. It comes from the head through the nervous system, from the heart through the bloodstream. It has to come through the shoulder member. has to come through the elbow part. has to come through the wrist part. It's receiving all the time through the part it's directly connected to. Not just from the head through the air. In this church, it's already begun, just with three months. God is divinely joining people's lives. There's some people, especially in the church of thousands, there's some people you'll hardly ever see. But they're still part of your family. If they need your help, you'll be ready to rally to them. But there'll be other people that you'll see a lot. Y'all will go out and eat together. You'll do stuff together. And these joinings are not by accident. For them to just look at you and not even know you and like you is supernatural. And to spend time with you and still like you is miraculous. And for you to like them, how many know what I'm talking about? This, this is supernatural. But now it's for a reason. It is, it is to have somebody directly in the family. In addition to your own kids and grandkids and, and, and blood relatives, but how many know that if some blood relatives, if they're not saved or if they're not following God, you can't, you can only fellowship with them so much. But we'll keep believing and get some of them in too. But God is joining us together and joining you with specific people and He will both for the good times and the bad. You can share victories with and when you need something they are they should be the first ones to be there for you amen are are you with me so far tell me who is going to pray for the sick you are who's going to visit people in the hospital you are 
Who's going to sit and hold people's hand while they cry and comfort them? You are. Somebody say, what are you going to do? I'm going to do everything he tells me to do. I reserve the right to go and visit anybody at any time. And you need to tell us what's going on. If something's wrong, you call us. You let us know so that we can pray and we can believe. And if we, if we feel like we're supposed to, send extra help and support. But you plan on being there personally. Are you with me? It's the only way this can work properly. And it's not only that. See, God's so smart. In doing that, you develop. You cannot develop and grow up spiritually by simply coming to church and listening. Any more than you develop strong physically by just sitting down and eating. How do you develop strong physically? You need to eat. You've got to eat. But you also must exercise. The only way you will develop in your Christian life and walk is by exercising, walking in faith, walking in love. And you have to take opportunities that come to help other people. So-and-so's going, my friend's going through a problem. Well, pray about it. See what God tells you about it. Hook up with them. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to act hyper-spiritual. If you only knew us in the ministry, how many times we go into a situation and you feel so helpless. And you feel like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell them? But we go in faith. Amen. Expecting the Lord to give us what we need. And he does. He's so faithful. But if you don't put yourself in that position to be used, you'll never experience these things. Let me ask you again, who's going to visit people? You are. Who's going to sit down and encourage people and and pray for people? You are. Who's going to come over and hold people's hand? Give them a handkerchief? You are. And we're going to do some of this too, but we can't do it all. We can't do it all. Are you with me? Go with me to Philippians real quickly. I'm just about half through. Can you can you take some more? When you see this, it's exciting. I said, when you see it, it is exciting. In Philippians, this is what the Apostle Paul said. You know, Jesus trained 12. Do you remember that? And then sent them out. Then he trained another 70. Remember that? 70. And you know, if he had stayed on the earth, what would have happened? There would have just been more and more and more. What did Paul do? Paul trained others and he wrote to them and said, like in, was it 2 Timothy 2 or so? He, he talked about that, that, that Timothy is to teach, co- commit those precious things to others who they in turn can teach others also. It's supposed to be a multiplication. Amen. Didn't the scripture tell you always be ready to give a, an answer of the reason of the hope that's within you? Everybody. Everybody. How many know you can preach? Not, you don't have to be behind a pulpit, but you can tell somebody about Jesus. You, you, should, you should be able to tell somebody how to get their sins forgiven, how to be born again. You should be able to tell somebody how to get healed. You should be able to tell how somebody how to get filled with the Spirit. You should. Be able to tell how somebody to cast their cares on the Lord. You. And if you don't know how, keep coming. We'll tell you. I said, we'll tell you. We'll not, not only tell you, we'll show you. Yeah. 
I did last Sunday. I told you how to get people filled, and I showed you how. Is that right? If you were here, I said, well, I missed that. Well, keep coming. We'll do it again. <laughs> In Philippians. Man, I got so much to say this morning. Help me, Lord. Philippians 4 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, Those things which you have both what? Learned and received. And heard and seen in me, Paul said. What's the next word? Do. Do. You're going to hear things. And, and you need to check them out, make sure they're the Word of God. And then you need to, if you know that they are, you need to receive them. And then I need to not only teach you, but I need to show you. I mean, how many understand? I mean, there's none of this do what I say, not what I do stuff. Right? How many parents, you know, a lot of times parents are smoking three packs a day and they tell their kids, don't do this. Don't do this. This is bad. Don't. What are they going to do? first chance they're going to get, they're going to sneak some of your cigarettes. Hmm? You must teach not only by precept, but by example. And so we'll be, we're going to be doing that. I'm, we're going to be teaching, and then I will do my best, as the Lord helps us, to demonstrate everything that we know how. And what's the last word on that? Do. Real quickly, how do I become a member of of Faith Life Church. How do I become a member? First of all, we're not going to talk so much about church membership. It's being a part of the family. Excuse me. I said it's being a part of the family. There's only two ways you become a part of a family. You're either born into it or you're adopted, you're joined. Now, first of all, to be a part of Faith Life Family, Faith Life Church, you have to be born again. Amen. And be in the family of God. Then secondly is this question. Has God joined you to this specific family? There's a lot of good churches all over the country, all over the world, right here in Branson. A lot of other good churches and good works. But you need to be hooked somewhere. If this is not your family, then you need to find your family. You don't need to just bounce around from month after month and year after year. You need to get somewhere and get hooked and get trained and get busy. Amen? Because life is short. Right? And you need to be accumulating fruit and making a difference. If you, these kind of things should not be entered into hastily nor haphazardly. Once you think you know you're supposed to be joined here, you pray about it again. You look at it again. You make sure because it's a commitment. Right? It's a commitment. And if you can say, yes, I know the Lord has joined us here. Then you make a commitment to us and we make a commitment to you and we are making a commitment to God. We're going to be here for each other. Amen? High, low, good, bad, we're going to be here for each other. Amen? You're expecting me to pray. You're expecting me to seek God. You're expecting me not to get up here and give you some of my ideas, but to give you something from Him and to get the vision and to lead you and live a life of integrity and not lie to you and not steal from you and not to sleep with everybody's wife around here or any of that crazy stuff. And I'm committing to you that that's what I'm going to do. 
is be an example. And if I ever get to the place where I'm not, I'll tell you and I'll step down. I give you my word. I will not lie to you. I will not steal your money. I'll not make passes at your wives or children or any such crazy thing. Now, if you're supposed to be here, you need to make commitments. Amen? Amen. Number one, you need to be here. Simple as that. Attend. Now, if you miss a Sunday, I know, you know, you hadn't backslid, you hadn't committed the unpardonable sin. But if you're gone as much as you're here, you're telling me and the rest of the whole family that you have other things that's more important to you than this. And are you telling the Lord that? Now, there is an exception. We have ministers that attend here. They're going to be traveling and doing things in their ministry. I understand that. That's, that's a difference. But if you're serious about being part of the family, you need to be here. Now, how can you get the vision, right? How can you get all the things that you're supposed to get? You know, people will rattle along if things are good, not go to church, not do what they're supposed to do, and then a problem hit, and then come in and want in an hour counseling session what they should have gotten in the last 40 church services that they missed, and it just doesn't work that way. If we'll stay hooked, God will be getting us ready and preparing us, and he'll spare us from when something comes up. We'll go, hey, I'm ready for that. That's what we had preached the last three services to us. We're We're ready. God will always keep us ahead. Number one, you attend. Number two, you participate. No spectators. When we sing, what do you do? Don't let me look across the crowd and see you going. Ain't no good reason for you not singing. Well, I'm not a singer and I just don't like to sing. Well, get free. I said, well, Brother Keith, you're liable to run somebody else. Hey, if you don't want to work, you need to find somewhere else because you're not going to like this. We're serious about doing the work of God. Amen. Amen. When we sing, what do you do? You sing, brother. When we pray, what do you do? You pray. When we give, you give. When we work, you work. No exceptions. Well, brother, I have a lot of money. So? I'm a busy man. Everybody's busy. But are you too busy for God is the question. Are you too busy for his stuff? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Hallelujah. If you haven't filled out a volunteer form, you probably ought to. Go back there to the back and tell us what your your abilities are and tell us what you can do and, and get ready. And like we said, be ready to minister to those that the Lord joins you to. Be ready to pray for them and visit them and, and take the next steps of the vision. That's part one. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you ready for part two? Yeah. Phyllis, come on up here. This is going to be a little different. I'm going to show you a video for just a few minutes. And uh, how many still like me after all that? Are you Are you okay? I still like you. Uh, 
We pulled, I, we've been, I've been in the ministry, Phyllis and I've been in the ministry for over, I don't know, 20 something years, I forget. And we were in Tulsa for over 20. We were associated helping other ministries for most of that time. And we've had more life ministries since 89. Actually, we, we started traveling ministering in 83, but we only got our nonprofit status in 89. And uh, over 10 years ago, we started praying about a new office building. We were renting a place there in Tulsa. We looked all over Tulsa. I mean, we looked high in uh, 10 years. You can do a lot of looking in 10 years. And we put money on a place one time. Thought maybe this is it. You know, it looked a lot like this place. It did. And uh, that wasn't right. So we got out of that. And uh, about uh, four years ago, we sowed uh, substantial seed for building. Thousands of dollars. I'll tell you how much in, in, in a few minutes. But last August, we came here to Branson because we just had something very slightly about Branson in our heart. And so we rented a little boat and went on the lake a little bit and just trying to rest for a couple of days. Didn't think that much about it. But by the end of the year, by New Year's Day, we felt like we should come back. So we came back and we got in a little condo over here and we prayed a little bit and we thought, man, there's something about Branson here. What is this? So we prayed about Branson. Well, we made some changes in our ministry the next couple of weeks, and then we, so we came back in February. And uh, we were supposed to stay in a little apartment that we had rented. And Phyllis and I came in. We retired from a trip. And we walked in the door, and we looked at each other, and, and I said, you know, I don't think we ought to stay here. She said, I don't either. So we just walked out, went back to the place we stayed in uh, January. How many know you should be led by the Spirit? Man, it pays to be led. Phyllis is checking in, and the lady at the desk says, uh, well, I see y'all are already back so quick. What, what are you doing? She said, well, we're looking around up here. At this point, we're just thinking about relocating our ministry offices, not necessarily a church. And uh, so she said, we may look at some properties. The lady said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Just stay right there. Stay right there. And she ran back, got some information, and brought it to her about this place. Makes you wonder, what if you'd stayed at the other place? And, yeah, go ahead and use your mic when you need to. We, Phyllis had looked at several other places before this. None of them had what we needed. A lot of them were a whole lot more money. And February 20th, we signed some papers on this place. And it was amazing. Was it within like two or three weeks that the deal was put together? Yeah, the lawyers in St. Louis said they'd never seen anything move that quick. They were astounded. One of the lawyers called Phyllis and said if she ever needed a job, he wanted, <laughs> she could organize his stuff. It's just the Lord. And uh, some, some of the money that we needed to take the first step on it, uh, I, we had a building that we sold in Tulsa, and we put all that money into that, and then we took... Uh, Many, many thousands of dollars of our own money, personal and ministry, and started this branch of ministry. And uh, after we signed the papers, we, what we've done is a lease purchase situation. 
I'm going to explain it to you. Because you're family, right? Family needs to know. This is family business. If you're visiting with us this morning, I'm sorry if you're having to endure all this. But you could learn something from it anyway, perhaps. Uh, so we signed the papers on it. And Phyllis and I came back over here and drove up to the building. Our little staff is down in Tulsa, busy up to their eyes. And we walked in and looked at this place. It had been empty for three years. It needed a lot of cleaning. It needed a lot of stuff. There was no platform and steps like this. And I mean, all this has been painted and cleaned and changed. It, you'd hardly recognize it. And uh, we came back and pulled up and thought, well, now we got her. What do we do with it? We walked in the bathroom and there's like, what, 28 toilets in there? 24. I said, well, you could take one side and I could take the other. It's going to take us a while. We thought, what are we going to do with this place? And so we, we cast the cares on the Lord and went back to the condo. Prayed some more. We did a lot of praying in those days. And um, we felt that evening, Phyllis and I both, that we should go up to St. Louis and visit friends of ours up there, Jeff and Patsy uh, Perry, St. Louis Family Church. We've been friends with them a long time. I've spoken up there numerous times. We've had extended meetings up there. And uh, so we did. We had to drive, get up early and drive and got up about 4 o'clock or something. And we were tired, but, you know, you need to obey God. And so we got up there, and they were surprised to see us. They thought, what are you all doing here? We said, we don't know. We just come to see you. And, and so we sat down, and, and uh, he preached and did a good job. And afterwards, they wanted to go to lunch, and we're sitting down at lunch, and he, they want to know what's going on with us, so we told them. We just signed papers on a property there in Branson. Is that right? We said, yeah. And uh, we told them what the situation. He said, well, let us help you. I thought, how? He said, well, we have Service International. It's a, it's a disaster relief organization. It was a disaster. Yeah. And we qualified. We felt like. And he said, well, let us help you. And we said, well, how? He said, well, I'll send a team down there to help you. And they sent down the first week 150 people, I believe it was, we, we checked. Carpenters, electricians, plumbers, master electricians, teenagers, housewives, little kids landscapers, 150 people with equipment, professionals, everything, professionals, as well as just kids. just kids. You should have seen them. Little kids on their knees cleaning out the bases of these seats. You know the little arms there beside you? They painted every one of those arms Sand and touched them up. Outside the uh, uh, the iron rails, they teenagers out there wire brushing them. and It was amazing. We have some video of it. I want you to see it. Would you be interested in seeing some of that? So that you'll know. Guys, get ready to, to, to do this. And we'll just watch this video right now. And then I'll get up and tell you the rest. Y'all don't, you cannot oh. imagine what went on during that oh, time. Oh, man, makes I, I think cry. I had two hours of sleep for a month and a half every yeah. night. I mean, we were here from 5 o'clock in the morning till 2 in the morning. Those people 
set up pallets on the floor downstairs and slept. We fed them out here in the lobby. I mean, yeah. it just makes you want to cry. Like he said, when you think about all the work that has gone into this place, and you guys get to reap the benefits of it because we didn't have all of you now. But we are not going to fall behind in help, and we're not going to fall behind in people that are committed because we have sown commitment for so many years. That's why these people came to us is because we've been so faithful to other people. So you guys have got to hook with us to be that way. Yeah. Amen. We're... Uh, we're going to support Service International. They didn't ask for a dime, but we're going to support them every month. They go into places like Kosovo. They go into places like with the Houston floods and, they, and the St. Louis floods. They were there. And they, they build people's houses back. They build people's churches back. We're going to help them. And I want you to, to think about and pray about going on some trips with them. We're going to... Uh, it's amazing. They, they've gone into numerous uh, Muslim countries... And didn't ask for anything. Didn't come in there trying to push Jesus off on them. Just loved on them. Rebuilt their houses and rebuilt their places. And, and, and gave them dental treatment, medical treatment. Next thing you know, they want them to preach Jesus to them. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we, we're going to get involved in outreaches just like this. But I'm telling you, I am so thankful. I mean, just God. Just God. No other thing you can say. He, he's brought us this far. And I just wanted you to get a, a, a little bit more insight into uh, how we got here and, and what's been going on. Now, uh, <clears throat> the only reason this building is worth anything is because of its ability to impact people's lives. Yes. Right? And so in praying about this, the Lord has uh, uh, dealt with me about the seat. Y'all go ahead and you can put those other things down. There, they're back here. Go ahead and you can lower down those other things. And uh, ushers, y'all get ready. I've got some cards to pass out to everybody. The Lord's given me some things for vision. And this is, this is abs- this nothing to do with a gimmick. gimmick. Gimmickry has to do with trickery. There's no trickery here. But I've found in faith, you have to be specific. You've got to put your faith on a specific thing. And you need something that your heart can hook up with. And I know I've heard from the Lord about this and how we can hook up. You can go ahead and pass these out. Y'all can hand me one when you get through. Um, The thing is, the seats... These seats are where God can do work, aren't they? These are supposed to be seats of salvation, aren't they? Healing seats, seats of deliverance. People are supposed to come in here and sit and get set free from things that have bothered them all their life and get healed and get helped and and get out of depression and, and get blessed. Now, the Lord has blessed us, and if you want to just, we'll look at the cards all together in a minute, if you want to just hold, hold them and look at me, stay hooked with me for a minute. Um, like I said, Phyllis and I, we, we didn't ask anybody for anything. We came and believed God. We've put, uh, we've liquidated buildings and put the money in here. Phyllis and I have taken thousands and thousands of our personal money and put in here. 
the ministries put scores and scores of thousands and much more. And um, I've got an airplane that I've put up for the place, and I've got it for sale to put the money in there. And we, you know, we're believing God. And the pressure is not on me, and it's not on you. But I do want you to hook up with me on the vision. I'm not going to ask you to do a thing, dollar-wise. I am going to ask you to do something faith-wise. Now, uh, it, the, the other properties we looked at in the area were uh, five and eight and ten times the price of this place and not this much property. With the money we've put into this place, all we have remaining is two and a half million to have it completely paid for. I don't know if you know, but that's, that's good. That's good. Now, when I say paid for, I mean 10 acres of land, the building, every seat, every office, sound equipment, every desk, every chair, everything totally paid for. Two and a half million. Hallelujah. So we've already come a long way. I don't know if you know it, but that's, that's not much for this. Not for this. I mean, what a blessing to think. What if we had to start from scratch and build this? Besides the money, the time, and the, all the stuff. And I mean, here we are having services now. Glory. God is so good to us. I said he's so good to us. So good to us. Now, it just so happens that this auditorium is designed to seat exactly 2,500 people. Anybody doing the math already? We took out some seats down front here, and there's, a, there's about 2,000 in here. Did y'all let the other down? Give me a card, somebody. And um, we, you have, if you look in here, on, if you open it up, you'll see this picture of the 2,000 seats. And you see the words, paid in full. <laughs> it's two things I want you to hook up with me on. I want you to hook up with me that every one of these seats is paid for. Yes, thank you, Lord. It'll take a thousand dollars a piece to pay for these seats, and when all the seats are paid for, the whole place is paid for. Amen. And I want you to see the seats what? Full. Full. Paid. In full. Yes, thank you, Lord now we've put a big, uh, a big version of this out in front over the information area. And every time a seat's paid for, we're going to color it blue. Glory to God. Yes. <laughs> like it is. Because this will help our vision. Amen. And then every time you come in, you can see more blue. Until there's no white left. Now, this is the 2,000. Now, when we, we, we're going to believe for these right now. And when we get these, we'll put the other 250 on each side, the way the maximum capacity is. And, and we'll fill those in. And when it's done, it's absolutely done. Now, we're, we're in a lease purchase right now. 
And we are, uh, have agreed to purchase this in the 1st of November. And so that gives us a few months to believe God. At the 1st of November, we either pay them in full or we pay them in part. We borrow the rest. You understand what I'm saying? How many understand that every thousand we have between now and November saves us scores of thousands? And in in long term, hundreds of thousands of dollars in finance charges, money we could use to develop children's ministry, youth ministry, outreach. You understand what I'm talking about? Expansion. We're not going to set a deadline on this. We're going to believe until it's done. Amen. Amen. Now, again, I'm, I'm not asking anybody to pay for a seat. And we're not going to use the term buy a seat. You can't buy a seat and then say, that's my seat. I bought that seat. That's my seat. No, no, because the gospel is free. And you do not have to pay one penny. Nobody does to come in here and use a seat. But to keep the accounting straight and not get into a lot of these things, if anybody, and I I'm think I'm praying about letting all my partners know. I have scores of thousands of partners in More Life Ministries. I'm thinking about letting them know what we're doing as well. I'm not going to ask them for anything either. I'm not going to ask them to do anything. But if anybody decides to give a thousand, then they can designate a seat number if they want to. Now, my secretary, Jan, has beat everybody to the punch (laughs) and already uh, designated seat 45, was it? And her money has hit the bank. And so we're coloring that seat in. Phyllis and I are going to take these first two here that we sit in, and we're we're uh, we're doing that. Now, no seat gets colored in. They're numbered in the lobby. Yeah, they're numbered in the lobby. The numbers are not here, but in the lobby, you can see they're they're all numbered. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah! Glory, glory. Uh, No seat gets colored in. There's only one person in our staff that can color in a seat. They're designated. And they they, they do not color it in until the money hits the account. And we have a separate account that is set up just for this. And like I told you, I give you my word. If I say that's what this goes to, it's exactly what it'll go to and nothing else. And uh, we're going to believe God. And every one of the... You're going to be glad... By how this blues in. Amen. I want everybody to stand up. I want us to do a couple of things right now. And I know that it's. It's noon almost. But uh, this is important. I want everybody. To. I'm going to pray a prayer. And then I want everybody. To lay their hands on a seat. And I want you to call that seat paid and full. Two things. Paid for financially and full. That means somebody in it. Right? And then we're going to move and we're going to touch every one of these seats in here. 
Now, we're not going to groan and travail over them, okay? We're not going to wail. Don't go into intercession over the seat. Just We're just going to lay hands on the seat, and we're going to call it paid and full. Paid and full. Are you ready? Father God, we lift up our hearts to you this morning, and we are so thankful. We could not have gotten this far on our own. No way. We give you all the glory and we give you all the credit. We thank you for what you have done and what you are doing and what you have planned for us. And as a family, the faith life family, we come into agreement on this thing. And we join our faith together. And we believe you and look to you and claim more than enough money. Too much money to pay for every one of these seats. And more than enough people to fill every one of these seats. And we say in Jesus' name, every seat paid and full. Say it again. In Jesus' name, every seat paid and full. One more time. In Jesus' name, every seat paid and full. Now would you just pray in tongues or praise in the Spirit and everybody touch a seat. Touch a seat and say, I call this seat paid and filled. And then step over to another seat. I call this seat paid and filled. This seat paid and filled. This seat paid and filled. Every seat paid and filled. Everybody, touch a seat and release faith and say, I call this seat Paid and filled. Every seat. And then somebody get in the wings over here where these other 250 are going to be. And just see them by faith and say, these seats, these seats will be paid and filled. Every one of these seats will be paid for. Won't be a dime owing on it. And every one of these seats will be occupied with somebody getting saved, somebody getting helped, somebody getting filled. Every seat Paid and filled. Somebody touch every seat. Every seat. Paid and filled. Every seat. Paid and filled. All 2,500 seats. Every seat. Paid and filled. Paid and filled. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When you finish, you can come back. Say it again. Every seat. Paid and filled. Guys in the middle and the back, be sure and touch all those seats. Somebody touch a seat. Every seat. Don't leave one out. Every seat. Paid and filled. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Musicians, would y'all come on up here and get ready to uh, to play, too. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Paid and filled. Paid and full. Paid and full. 
I want you to see these, these seats being colored in, being paid for. And I want you to see them being filled yes. with people yes. just like you. Amen. I'm willing to do the extra work. I'm willing to do two services on Sunday. If it gets beyond that, we'll see what to do next. But that's a good, that's a good start. Amen. And how many believe, you know, we've got the, the cameras here this morning and they're setting up and checking things for, uh, for broadcasting. How many know we could reach a lot of people over the camera? They could be in the service. Amen. All it takes is a little money. We're going to have more than enough. I said we're going to have more than enough. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I want to give everybody a chance, if you've already got something in your heart, to mark it. Uh, Phyllis and I are going to take an envelope. You have one. And we're going to mark down sewing for these two seats. And we're going to believe for a lot more than that. I mean, how many know we got? We got a few months here. This is good, huh? Keith said we was going to believe for this whole row. And so I prayed and it filled in a little this morning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, ushers, are you and now? Go ahead and take the aisle. Now listen carefully. Do not do something that you're not sure about this morning. And do not say, well, I, I think I'm, you know, I want to do it, but I, I'm not sure the money's in the bank. Don't, don't do that. If you're not sure, there will be next week. I know some people say, oh, Brother Keith, don't say that. Yeah, but I don't believe in this pressure stuff and this being moved emotionally stuff. Pray about it. Think about it. If the Lord tells you to do something, then you do. But I'm not asking you to. I am asking you to be in faith with me. That from wherever, amen, from numerous, numerous channels, more than enough money will come in to pay for every one of these seats. Can you do that with me? We just prayed, right? And so we're in agreement about this. You watch. There'll be people that don't go to church here. They'll pay for a whole row. You watch. There'll be different ones of my partners will find out about this, and they'll pay, they'll pay for a seat or, or for two or for three or five, and and uh, it'll come in. We we don't care who God uses or or exactly how it comes in, but if you already have something in your heart that you want to do, or that you want to uh, say I'm going to believe for this, and you want to put that down on the envelope today, then you can hold up your hands if you. Right. Hold up your hands. And uh, if you want to see the numbers in the back, you can see those. And if you want to designate that, you'll have to put that down later. So you might want to turn yours in later after you designate the number. But uh, you don't have to give a thousand. If, you know, if somebody gives five dollars or ten dollars or twenty dollars, we'll put those together. And as soon as we have a thousand, we'll color in a seat. You understand what I'm talking about? But if somebody has it in their heart and wants to give a thousand, then you can color in that specific seat if you want to. Praise the Lord. Anything else you got, Phil, before we, we I just, finish up? Real quickly, this? while everybody's doing that on earth, I just wanted you to hear a prophecy that Keith did several years ago. It was back in 98 at a church. He was actually talking to the church, but he was talking to us in the meanwhile, and the Lord corrected him about some things. And he was talking about 
um, churches being small and ministries being small and how long it takes to do things. And, and this is what the Lord said through Keith. The Lord is irritated. He's irritated with some things because many, many, many have said, well, uh, well, probably I'll just do this. And then maybe after a while we might do this. And then after 20 year program accomplishing very little, uh, and in a short time, uh, you realize how short your time is. No, you don't have 20 years. You don't have decades to build up slowly, slowly, slowly. This is your idea. This is your smallness of vision. Let me progress it. Let me increase it. And I'll do in a month what you thought would take 10 years. I'll do in a year what you would think would take 40 years. If you can see it, if you can let me, I will do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. What year was it we sowed that seed, Phil? It's on that paper you have there. The Lord dealt with us to sow seed for a building. When was that? I think four years ago. Was it 98? Maybe it was. I think it was 98. He dealt with us, and it's interesting the amount. He dealt with us to sow 25,000 and claim a hundredfold. <laughs> and that was four or five years ago. For specifically, in good ground, too. It, and we sowed it in very good ground. In bit. Now we also did that personally. Yes, <laughs> at the same time. So we got a good place coming too. Amen. Uh, but all in good time. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, does everybody have their envelopes filled that you wanted to? Praise the Lord. It's quiet in here. Y'all aren't as excited as I am. I yeah, can tell. they are. I can yeah, tell. they are. <laughs> They'd have to shout if they were. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's just amazing to me how that God has led us over the last 10 years. I know it's after 12 o'clock and people have got to go, and that's probably why they're quiet. But that 10 years ago, he'd start dealing with us. We were in a building then that was so small that we had people sitting in every corner on card tables with boxes on them, and the roof was leaking and ruined computers, ruined all of our stationery one time, ruined everything that we had. And so we thought, well, we start looking for another building. This has been 10 years ago, and we didn't get another building. And so we expanded that building we had, and still they'd go to work the next morning in the roof was leaking and everything would be wet and we stayed there for month after month after month after month after month believing God so if you want to see somebody excited you ought to see our staff because they've got offices downstairs each one of them has a view of the beautiful rolling hills and stuff in the background and windows because they were all crammed in little places and hauling boxes up and downstairs and everything else so we're excited about what God is doing and that he would deal with us to sow $25,000 knowing that we were going to need exactly 2.5 million. Now that's we didn't know that. We didn't have a clue about that. So I mean, God is faithful. He knows what we need, just like what we said. You don't know what you need ahead of time, but if you'll just obey Him, He'll have you ready four years ago. Yeah. He had us to do that, but He has us ready now for today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Y'all can take these cards with you to keep the vision in front of you. Everybody, stand up. Where's our our offering thing at. Amongst all these papers. Here it is. Here it is. Praise you, Lord. Lift up your offerings. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And we sow this gladly. And we thank you that now these specific seats are already paid for. And that in a very short matter of time, every seat in here will be paid for and full of people getting blessed and ministered to. And we say, Lord, 
do everything. These things do everything in such a way that you'd be the most seen, the most praised, the most acknowledged, the most exalted, the most glorified. For you are worthy of all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Fellows, pass the uh, receptacles real quickly. And guys, uh, play a little something, anything. You can just play softly if you want to. And uh, thank you for bearing with us this morning and, and, and listening attentively and showing respect. I appreciate that. If this is your first time to be with us, like I said, this is uh, unusual service. Uh, we Vision Sunday. We have service on Friday evenings at 7.30 right here. Prayer at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Then, of course, every Sunday, 10 o'clock for now, till we go to our new schedule. Amen. And uh, be believing with me. Amen. Don't, don't feel pressure now. Don't feel pressure and say, well, I, 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 I'm supposed to pay for a seat. I didn't say that. Okay? Feel no pressure. There's no pressure on you. I'm, I'm leading this, but I refuse to take the pressure. I cast it all over on the Lord. He's taken good care of us right up to this point, and he's not going to fail us. I tell you what, it won't be long. We'll look up. This thing will be paid for. Amen. 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 And then we'll just go on to the next thing. How many like the idea of not wasting so much money on financial charges? No, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars we can use to upgrade children's ministry and youth and outreach and all like that. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. I think we ought to just stand up and just praise God. As we get ready to be dismissed here. Thank you, Lord.